I think one thing about the home improvement space for DIYers, especially millennial DIYers, yeah. is that it could be very intimidating. Mm. So is your brand approachable to the DIYer who may not just naturally have the ability to fix things up, but know that they have to get it done? I think that's super important to know your audience yeah. and show that you know their skill level or you're not putting things in their faces that are gonna be compromising or that are going to be intimidating. Welcome back to Retail Oriented Retail Fans. I am your host, Mike Fowler. I am the VP of Retail Strategy here at the Sales Factory. And today we are really lucky because we've got a special guest, a special guest that was a former colleague uh, at Sales Factory and now is a strategist at BBDO Atlanta, Varnay Hoskins. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for Hello. joining us. How are you yes. doing today? I'm doing good. It's good to see some familiar faces. Yeah, back in your old stomping grounds. So yes. we like having you back. Thanks for having me. Let's kind of set the stage a little bit for all the viewers and the listeners out there and tell us a little bit about your background. First with Sales Factory and then making the move to BBDO Atlanta. Tell us a little bit about how you got to here today. Okay. So I actually started as an account executive at Sales Factory back in 2018. Um, I actually worked on the Primo account. That was my first account here. Um, and then a few years later, I moved on to Sales Strategist and I got a chance to work with you yep. um, on that side of the business. And back in 2022, which is only last year, it feels like five years ago. <laughs> I'm actually transitioned into a strategist position over at BBDO Atlanta. Um, so I've been able to work in the advertising space for a while now. I've learned a lot. I've been able to take my experiences with me from Sales Factory. Yep. Super invaluable. You've been around retail. You've been around brands for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. You've seen it a lot from the agency side of things. How have those experiences at Sales Factory and now BBDO kind of complemented each other to help you learn about what this space is looking like. Yeah. So if you all have been paying attention, <laughs> you will know that Sales Factory does a lot with vendors and teaching them how to excel and grow in retail. Mm -hmm. And so just now being on the retail side of things, I've just done a 180 in terms of my perspective. And I think at the end of the day, it's always about the end consumer. Um, but it's how do you get to that end consumer? And I think at Sales Factory, you all have the privilege to be able to cope and guide these vendors on how to speak to the retailers, how to engage with them, like reminding them that, hey, we know who your end user is and we have the resources and the products that you need to reach them. So I think just going from that to the retail side of things, it's like, hey, we're the retailer. We have these brands that you as a consumer love. And if you don't love them, we'll make you love them. <laughs> um, and that we have what you need in this crazy world and economy to get to your end needs. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You kind of touched on a theme that we've touched on a lot in this show. And it's beginning kind of with the consumer and the end user in mind. And that really interesting relationship of vendors and retailers to mm -hmm. kind of partner together to understand the needs of the consumer and the end user and get them what they need. So you, you mentioned it also that we have a lot of 
manufacturers and vendors that are uh, clients at the sales factory and also probably listening to this show to try to glean little bits of knowledge about retail channel and how they can improve their retail business. So let's talk a little bit about what does it mean to know your retailer's brand? If you're a, a manufacturer out there, what does it mean to really understand your retailer and what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I think it's about how how is that retailer communicating unique value in the mm-hmm. in the category? So um, you have we'll call them the blue guys and the orange guys here. Okay. I like that. Um, <laughs> one of them is going to communicate value in a different way than their competition. Um, it's not always about the products that are on the shelves, but how are they positioning the products? What about the retailer specifically? Are they really communicating to the end user? Is it hey? we have the knowledgeable associates or, hey, we have the lowest prices. How are you paying attention to how the retailers are communicating value? Mm -hmm. I think that's super important. What are some ways that they can can deepen that understanding, right? So they're paying attention, they're kind of watching, and they understand Mm -hmm. big picture, you know, the differences maybe between retailers, whether it's online or in store, Mm -hmm. value driven or pro driven or whatever the the differences are, how do they go about deepening that understanding and learning more about these retailers? Are there things that they should be kind of paying attention to? I definitely think so. I think the biggest one is just listening. Are you actually paying attention to the earnings calls? What are they saying? all of that stuff is free knowledge. Yeah. So are you as a merchant paying attention? Are you distilling that information down to the teams that need to hear it? Mm-hmm. Are you paying attention and walking, doing store walks? When you're doing store walks, what are you paying attention to? Um, how often are you doing those store walks? Like the categories that your products are in, yes, they evolve, but what about the categories that complement your category? Um, I feel like there's so many different innovative ways to like deepen your understanding. I think that's perfect. Listening, paying attention, doing store walks, because mm-hmm. I kind of view that as listening because you're you're gleaning knowledge about what merchants are doing in mm-hmm. different categories and how they see the category, what they've learned and how they're trying to reply to that. Right. So they're then taking all of that knowledge and, and how do they use that? How do they kind of express that they understand their retailer or their merchant Um maybe in a meeting or a Mm -hmm. PLR or something like that? How do they kind of use that knowledge? What's the next step after you learn? Two great ways that you can show that you're paying attention are reiterating things that the um, retailer may already know, but Mm -hmm. showing that you know it as well in those meetings. Like, hey, we're paying attention to your consumer. We know who your consumer is compared to the other guys. Like, we know the distinct differences. Um, And then this is how our product can help your consumer. Or this is how our consumers are intertwined into one. Like, we have the innovation to speak to someone who has Um, need A versus need B, here's Mm -hmm. how we will fulfill that need with our products or our services, whatever the case may be. I think that's super important. And then I think the second thing is just showing that you are going to put in the effort and the time to, Mm -hmm. I guess, just 
grow that relationship? Like, what is the enthusiasm like in the room for this specific retailer relationship? Sure. And how is that relationship going to be different from retailer B? I think is super important because they're not interchangeable. Yeah. Every retailer is different and they want to be treated as such. So, yeah, that's, that's key. And I think it's something that uh, a lot of vendors or manufacturers miss out on because they've, they feel like, um, maybe these meetings and PLRs are so automated mm -hmm. that they forget that there's a person sitting on the other end of the table and that merchant representing that retailer has thoughts and opinions on how all these things should go. They've worked hard to get to where they are and to merchandise their categories in the way they have. So, you know, it's just like anything else, paying attention to what they're doing. Right speaks to, Hey, I actually care about this relationship. And it starts to build that trust that every manufacturer or vendor is trying to build with their retailer. So exactly. I think illustrating that you've done your homework and actually care can go a really, really long way in these meetings. You've been around a lot of really big brands and a lot of really cool brands. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exciting for anybody in, in their career. And so you've seen a lot of things. So can you talk about how do brands um, use knowledge that they've gained in doing store walks and understanding retailers and stuff to kind of add value to their consumers, right? So how do they then add brand value in the greater ecosystem, not just for that retailer, but how do mm -hmm. they build their brand off of what they're learning? Yeah, I think it's just speaking directly to the consumer in some way, like finding a way um, to be relevant to the economy. Like what is going, can, can you communicate that you know what is going on in that consumer's life? If you know that your end consumer skews millennial, mm -hmm. what is going on in the millennial life? to where your product can help lighten the load or meet a need. Yep. Um, for example, I know right now with millennials, we're in the home buying stage if or starting family stage. So what can you do as a brand um, to show that, hey, we understand that in this economy, you're looking to um, find innovative ways to start your family um, because resources just aren't as they used to be. Yeah. Um, like you think you have enough and then you go in to buy a home and you're like, oh, well, we're going to just do a fix. We're going to get a fixer upper. Yeah. How can you as a brand show that we appreciate your efforts? Like we understand that you're going to be a DIYer in this phase of life. Yeah. We have a product that can, you know, lighten the load um, and that is approachable. I think one thing about the home improvement space, this might be a little of a, an aside, but That's I think good. one we thing. We like asides. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think one thing about the home improvement space for DIYers, especially millennial DIYers, yeah. is that it could be very intimidating. Mm. So is your brand approachable to the DIYer who uh, may not just naturally have the ability to fix things up, but know that they have to get it done. Um, so I think that's super important to know your audience yeah. and show that you, you know, their skill level or you're not, you're not putting things in their faces that are going to be compromising or that are going to be intimidating. Yeah. Kind of so. meeting them where they are yeah. maybe is a way to say that. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I totally understand that. And I think that's, that's super helpful for manufacturers to hear and to think about. Mm-hmm listeners and watchers out there can do their homework to understand who BBDO Atlanta's big 
uh, clients are mm-hmm. and we'll let them do that on their own. <laughs> but from some of your current big clients, yes. um, some retailers maybe, what are you seeing that they're trying to do to kind of help and what is their strategy to help end users and consumers? So you're, you're seeing a lot of strategy kind of playing out day to day. What are you seeing from the retailer side of things where they're really trying to engage with consumers and how are they trying to meet needs for end users? Yeah, I think it's all about the way that they communicate value. As, as I mentioned before, um, the vendors have to pay attention to how they're communicating value, but the reason why is because retailers are being very intentional right now about how they communicate value. Yeah. It can't just be about price. Everyone wants to communicate that they have the best prices. That means nothing to the end user. That means at that point, it's all about convenience. So if we take price out of the equation, what are you as a retailer providing in terms of value to the end user to where their in-store experience is better? Um, Let's say they can't get to the store. What is their consumer journey look like and how can you provide a consumer journey that speaks to your specific consumer? Mm -hmm. Is it the helpfulness of your associates? Is it the fact that you offer innovation? I know we talked about innovation um, earlier on before this conversation, but not only are your products innovative, but are your services innovative, like the types of services you provide um, along the consumer journey. And I think that's how retailers are trying to set themselves apart from the rest of the the competition right now. And it's hard because everyone wants to communicate they have the best value. Yeah. Um, So how are you communicating that, that value? Not only like what that's that unique value equation looks like but how are you communicating it how are you showing it in digital media how are you showing it um on broadcast yeah um all of that is super important so you mentioned digital any nuances Mm -hmm. there for your marketing strategy when it comes specifically to digital because you mentioned you know there are consumers that can't get to the store right Right. and so what does their journey look like anything that people should really be paying attention to that you're seeing in in the digital space yeah i think you have to pay attention to what are people's mindsets when they're at different stages of their consumer journey for your specific consumer is Let's say we're doing paid, we're talking about paid social right now. At what stage of the consumer journey are they in when they're on social media? Mm -hmm. Are you just looking to build awareness? Are you looking for them to hit buy now? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they're on Instagram. You have to think about that consumer journey. I think also people people really want consumers to make that purchase immediately. But that's not always the best strategy for where they are in their shopper journey or what they're doing on their phones or watching TV. Sometimes it's just awareness and just like that wear in of your brand to where when they're ready to make the purchase, they're like, oh, okay. I remember this yeah. <laughs> brand has been, you know, racing through my brain for the past month. I'm ready to make the purchase. You know, at that point, you're top of mind. So right. just really thinking about those call to actions on those different platforms and what you want your your consumer to think about when they see your brand at that specific moment. We've talked about kind of shopper journey. We've also used a framework called Learn Shop Buy, which I'm sure you remember (laughs) well. But understanding where consumers are in the phase of Mm -hmm. making a decision to purchase something and 
all of the phases that come into making that decision. Cause sometimes it's just immediate. I need paper towels hit, <laughs> hit, exactly. hit by right now. Right. And then sometimes it's a lot more thought out. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to tackle a new project in the garage or maybe build a, you know, a dog house or something. I've never done anything like that before. I got to do a lot more research into what are the materials and the tools and the things that I need to do to accomplish this project. So really understanding different levels of consumers Mm -hmm. and different journeys and how you can meet them there and how they're getting to the information can be really, really helpful in forming your strategy for not only brands and manufacturers, but retailers too, right? Because again, they're trying to partner together to to meet those consumers where they are. Barney, we've talked a lot about strategy, how to position and think about consumers and how to deal with the retail space. So can we just kind of zoom out mm-hmm. and talk about whether you're a retailer or whether you're a vendor to a retailer, how do you win in the retailer space? Like what are some ways that you, that you win this very competitive yeah. channel these days? Yeah, I think aside from, as people already know, knowing your consumer and understanding their needs, I think how you win is just being able to continue to garner a relationship between vendor and retailer. Um, I feel like that PLR is like your first date. Like you put your best foot forward. um, You have all these grandiose things that you feel like you can bring to the table. But when the challenges of the economy or of the business hit, can you support all of the things that you promised your retailer initially. Mm. So um, just putting the marketing dollars towards, you know, this this retail effort. Like, what are you going to do to support in terms of marketing? Um, all of that innovation that you promised, how are you going to bring that to life? So just being very mindful of what you promise at the PLR table yeah. and how you can support it moving forward, I think is super important. Yeah, that is really important because we see that, Maybe too often um, where people are not walking the walk from meeting Mm -hmm. to actually launching a program and backing it up and and stuff in real life. And I think you have to be genuine to win, right? Like you don't want to position yourself as a brand just to meet that specific retailer's needs, but you're no longer staying true to your brand. Like the same thing with dating. You just want to make sure that you're bringing your best foot forward, but also your authentic self. I think that's also how you're going to bring the best value to your customer as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like dating, Mm -hmm. if it goes well and you kind of develop a real trust-based partnership, it can flourish for both parties and everybody's happy. Right. But got to be honest from the jump to get that to to come to fruition. Exactly. Yep. All right, Varney, I never let anybody go without some hot seat questions. And especially for an old colleague and somebody (laughs) I used to work with, then I definitely got to ask you a couple just right off the cuff. So these are just first thing that comes to your mind. Don't have to think it out. Just like, what do you think about when I ask these questions? All right. First one is, uh, what's one product you have lifelong brand loyalty for? The millennial in me wants to say none of them. (laughs) but I'm going to have to say Nike. Really? Yeah. Been a Nike girl since day one. I've been a Nike girl since day one. And there's something just very like nostalgic about like a, like a one, like just air force one or just like a Jordan one. Yeah. Like, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've been able to look at the different numbers of Jordans and like, yep, that's a one. Yep. That's a three. (laughs) And then your children are going to be doing the same thing. And your parents did the same thing. Nike's just something that's like a generational brand. 
Yeah, that's a good coolness. one. And then you keep going back. I, I don't know if you're like me, but you kind of find one that works for you. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the one, maybe it's whatever. And yeah. you just keep going back to them. Exactly. Maybe it's the yeah. Air Max. Who maybe knows? it's Air Max. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question. How long did you spend researching your last important purchase, your big purchase? And I know you're trying to make a big one right now, so yeah. I'm sure you're doing a lot of research there. Well, if we're speaking about the big one, which is a house, um, a ton of time. Um, you got to think about, well, let's even step away from the house itself. You have to find a retailer. You have to have a mortgage lender. Like Those are things that you have to shop around for to meet yeah. your specific needs. Um, yeah. And then we get to the house. Yeah. So if you if you get a good retailer and a good mortgage lender, maybe you get the windows and the doors you want. Yeah. So <laughs> it can be years sometimes when it's big purchases, right? Yeah. Um, that's really helpful. And I, I think it's kind of, it's interesting as we've talked about, you know, really quick buying cycles mm-hmm. and really long buying cycles and everything in between kind of understanding where different consumers are falling into these these yeah, buying journeys sure. um i think another one honestly is like a, a new car like even with cars like people aren't i don't speak for everyone i'm not very impulsive when it comes to decisions like buying a new car sure. but i feel like I'm, I feel like I'm about a year out from a new car. However, I'm al- I already feel like I'm shopping really? because of the cars on the road or <laughs> what I see on social media or even the lots, like the car lots. What cars do they have right off the street that I'm looking at when I go past yeah. the car lot? You know, starting to notice things. All of that is circulating through my brain. So when a year later, when I'm ready to buy a car. I know what I want. Well, you've got to head into the teeth of Atlanta traffic later today yeah. talking about that. So maybe that's a good place to start yes, some research. Literally. And just start seeing what's around you. While I'm staring in the traffic, I'm like, I like that bends. Yeah. Even in the back of my head. <laughs> that's great. All right. Do you remember the first thing you ever bought because you saw it on a commercial or in an ad? Oh, I, I was exciting to like, talk yeah. about this. I was okay. excited to talk about this. So I never bought any of it. But if you recall the commercials they used to play when we were kids of like all of the like the art, the paint brushes where they turn and the colors change. Like there's like oh, five yeah, different yeah, colors yeah. as yeah, you yeah, turn yeah. it. Yeah. Like I just knew I was going to buy that when I got old enough to have a job and afford it i never i never did but in my kid brain that was the first purchase i was gonna make when i was old enough to dial in and pay my 1995 that's awesome but i think nowadays it's not even commercials like commercials are more so in my brain awareness base Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to when i'm ready to click buy now it's all social media it's bad yeah i think the last thing i bought from a social media ad was a pair of lisa frank crocs okay i didn't need them i don't even know what that is but it sounds awesome you don't know what lisa frank is i know what crocs are Okay, so think like <laughs> rainbow nostalgia okay. on a croc. <laughs> wow. I didn't need it, but I saw it and I had to have it. So that's the, the last thing. Yep. Gotcha there. Yeah, it gets me every time. Barbie well, crocs are next. Oh, really? <laughs> well, they'll get good with your outfit today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It, it's interesting to think about kind of all of the things and all the viewers and listeners at home can kind of think about like, what was that first thing that I saw that I just mm-hmm. like had to have it? And I just impulse clicked 
buy now or went and found it at the store or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I won't age myself by saying <laughs> what mine was, but it was a slinky. Okay. Um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, all these cool old retro toys are kind of coming back full circle. And my son just got his first slinky like two weeks ago and he thinks okay. it's like the coolest thing that's ever <laughs> innovation yeah he thought it was like the coolest thing i was like it's a spring but i'm right. glad you're stoked on it like i'm glad you love it so glad much you're enjoying it <laughs> well varney thank you so much for coming in we learned a lot today about brands about strategy about how to think about the retail space so we really appreciate your time and yeah. thanks for coming on the show we hope to have you back someday soon yep thanks for having me Thanks a lot for joining us again on Retail Oriented. It's always great having a guest like Varney on the episode because she's got such a wealth of knowledge from the agency side and a lot of cool brands and clients that she's gotten to deal with. But we want to hear from you. What are the topics that you want to hear about? Who are the guests you want us to have on the episode? If you want to be a guest on the episode, please leave us a comment or you can just reach out to me directly, mike.fowler at salesfactory.com. And don't forget, hit like, click subscribe and click that little bell icon so you always know when a new episode of Retail Oriented is coming out. And don't forget when you're thinking about the retail channel, it's always about selling in and selling through.